0: Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep?
1: Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes,
0: because
2: otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents
2: can relate to yeah.
0: that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. One artist who has quickly become a Kindling favourite is Emily Wiramurra. She's an Indigenous singer-songwriter who sings in language and English and who grew up on Groot Island, the largest island in the Gulf of Carpentaria. Emily's debut EP, Black Smoke, was released in 2016, and she became a Triple J unearthed feature artist and Big Sound Festival winner. Since then, she's performed across the country at events like Gama, Woodford Folk Festival, Island Vibes, Belgian Turtle Fest and Blues Fest. At just 21 years of age, Emily is a new mum. Her daughter was born on Boxing Day 2017. She kicked off 2018 with a publishing deal, a new song and now a new album. Cinnamon Nippard caught up with Emily Wiramura and started by asking her how she feels about everything she's got going on
2: right now. I think it's like it's pretty spectacular what a woman can do. Like, um, you know, I've had these dreams for since I was little and, you know, music's always been my number one and having a bub just makes my perspective on life a bit more bigger and you know, looking at myself and what I can do to empower the youth and empower her to be a strong woman makes yeah. it big yeah, it's inspirational in its own.
1: And how does a how does a baby fit in with the life of two musician parents? Your partner's a musician yeah. too,
2: right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really good just having that support. Like my mum's moved down from Northern Territory, so whenever I travel, she's there to look after Bob, or whenever, you know, my fiancee travels, she's there to look after Bob or I'm there. But um, you know, I tend try not to go for too long. Like the max I'll do is probably an overnight and then come back home. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: and I know it's really early days but how are you managing that at the moment
2: um well like there's some days like when I'm at a gig and I'm like oh you know I just think I just have that sense like oh she's crying or she's hungry like it's really weird how you know you have that connection and um so it's really hard when you're away and you can't really you just get a ring to check up to see if they're okay and you can't really hold them and you know, tell them it's going to be all right, which is, yeah, but it's so worth it, you know. What I'm doing, Um, it's not only for now, not only for my daughter, but also for all the other younger women in the world who, you know, think that they can just be yeah, stereotyped into being an everyday mum just at home, but you don't have to do that. I mean, you can balance it out, and as long as you have a good support network, and you'll be right.
1: And take us like back to your own childhood for a moment what do you remember growing up between Brisbane and the island
2: um i remember feeling like lost because you come from a beautiful island to a big city where it's so busy and it's always i guess in a way toxic in itself and you get exposed to Um, materialistic needs and it kind of changes you as a person but at the same time it's beautiful because it's a different scenery and so it kind of makes you feel a bit lush but um, I'd take the island any day over the city.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well tell us tell us about one of your favourite childhood memories from the island.
2: Um, When I was younger my grandparents used to have this like big ass troopy and they pimped it out so they had like beds that fold down in the back and like all this cool stuff and um we used to just open up the top and lay under the beds and look at the stars and you know just listen to like old school like they had a cassette player so um, we listened to like um alan jackson and colored stones like the classics and have a big bushfire like bush party on the beach and yeah it was just fun being around family and being around the culture
1: and I read an interview where you talked about a profound moment where you went home to the island for a funeral and it sounds like it was a real catalyst for you in terms of pointing you towards music. Yeah, can you tell us the story of Yeah. What
2: there? So, um back at home like we still call the land wet. So, we still practice a lot of ceremonies and rituals and we still have um, you know, women's ceremony like it's very hard to find a women's ceremony now because the male hierarchy has come up and taken over and so we went back for a funeral when i was like seven or ten i can't remember it was ages ago my goodness but um we went back for a funeral and there were these men and they just come out these bushes all painted up and they were lighting fires and the way that they sung those songs like those songs are only sung for funeral time or for ceremony time and I just thought it was so beautiful that they were singing in language and I really wanted to do that and I really wanted to be a part of that and um, I wanted to learn more and, and do more for my people and so that was kind of my big push. Like, when I seen that, I was like, well, if, you know, if they can do it, why can't I? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and did your parents speak language to you when you were a kid
2: um my dad's filipino chinese and so um he speaks tagalog to me which is the in like um language in the philippines but my mum yeah she um she spoke a lot of anatoly and continues to speak even to my daughter <laughs> it's really cute
1: that's beautiful yeah wow. So I read that after that experience, you taught yourself to play piano and started writing songs from age ten. That's pretty amazing. Like, Thank can you. you remember what those first songs were about?
2: Um, I remember the very first song I wrote. I was it was just like a little poetry session that we had at my English in my English class in primary school and the lady was like oh you know um the teacher sorry not the lady (laughs) the teacher was like you know write down all your feelings and then put them in sentences and we used all these like words and had to look up synonyms for it and stuff and so it ended up being a song but it was called over the seas and it's typically about you know mermaids and swimming with dolphins and swimming with turtles
1: (laughs) 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 yeah I'm sure a lot of young girls today would love to hear that song. Oh,
2: maybe one day I'll revive it. It's a bit too cliche. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: you can do that for the kids' album. You You know what? Yes, that's a great
2: idea. There you go. There you go.
1: tell us about your your new song which translates to i'm hurting and as I understand, it, it's essentially a, a bit of a protest song. So tell us what you're talking about in this song. Um,
2: so I released a single called Ngāru Ku and then Anzali the means I'm Hurting. And um, the song pretty much talks about, you know, that not only are we protectors of the land, we're also protectors of the sea as well, and a lot of people forget that. Like, um... So this is pretty much how the song came out to be. Um, in Northern Territory, a mining company came to Groot and wanted to mine a seabed, and that's my people's traditional song lines, run through the seabed. And so we fought for that and, and took them to court, and um, we won, and the NT government um, put a ban on mining coastal mining around Groot Island, so that was a really big achievement. Yeah, it's just a celebration song, like an anthem to respect not only the land but
1: respect the sea as well. Yeah. And what's what's the balance, do you think, between making a point through lyrics like this and also, I guess, creating a moment of beauty with, with gorgeous melody as you do? <laughs>
2: um, I think I'm a very lyrical person and I like to utilise my instruments and in songs. So um, I utilise the instruments to express out the emotions, so... Um, it's just a process of, you know, getting the words out, figuring out what my message is to the listeners and then getting in the instruments to kind of give that a bit of a flavour. And um, it was really cool because I worked with David Bridie on the song and he's a legend and so he came up with all these amazing ideas and I just literally sat in front of a microphone and just saying everything that i could think of wow. <laughs> so, and then we just kind of mushed it all together and yeah and then um, that's the result <laughs>
1: cool that sounds super fun yeah, it was great <laughs> okay. and um like you touched on on this maybe a little bit before but what does it mean for people from the The Groot. Do you say Groot Island or Groot Island? So the way um it's actually Dutch, but for Great
2: Island. But the way to pronounce it in Dutch is Grooteiland. It's really weird, but
1: I just say Groot Island. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for clearing that up. That's okay. (laughs) So, so what does it mean for people from from the Groot Island and especially young Indigenous kids to hear you sing songs in language?
2: Um, They're really proud of me, and like it's gotten to a point where even some of the kids are starting little mini bands like I'm so happy and I'm so like it just makes me so happy to see them doing music because music is it's a universal language and it's a beautiful way of self-expression and I think that's what some of these kids need to escape through music and I believe that what I'm doing is kind of motivating them to to show that you can do it you don't have to live at home and um You don't have to, I guess, abide by the cultural laws. You can be a free person, but still respect your culture and your law. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, I guess, express yourself in in language and not just English. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And for non-Indigenous people, why do you think we need to hear songs in language as well?
2: I think um, for non-Indigenous people, it's beautiful because it's sharing that culture and it's getting to know the people of the land and where, you know, you're living and um, there's hit, like hundreds and hundreds of tribes all over Australia that people don't know about and it's just that education, you know, educating them and saying, you know, I'm here to preserve and protect my language and my people and my culture and I'd like to share that with you and it's just a process of a journey and it's a journey we take together.
1: And one of the first songs I heard of yours was Papa Goonare. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the turtle song. It's such a gorgeous song. We're thank all fans you. at Kindling. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. But tell us about this one.
2: So, um,. Papagunway Ementho is made up of two lullabies. So the first lullaby Ementho is the turtle song and that sings about the mother turtle and her trying to look for her eggs and trying to help her babies and it's really cute. And then the second song is actually, um is actually from Yurikala, which is um northern, like, in the Arnhem Land, so where Yotungindi come from, and when I was younger we used to travel a lot back and forth because most of the ceremonies are held in Yirrkala, and um, when we used to sit down with the kids, um, Papagunaway is a special hand clapping game that we did, and I actually just found out that um, Papagunaway is derived from the Indonesian word rain, and I didn't know that, and um, I asked my mum, like, well how that came to be and she told me about the Macassans and how they came and traded with our people and then exchanged words. And so a lot of our language is mixed with
1: Indonesian. Wow. So yeah, it's really cool. That's awesome. And um, I wanted to talk about about a few other songs. You wrote Hey Love for Your Mum. Can you tell us the story behind that song?
2: Yeah, it's um, a pretty heavy song, you know, Mm. um, but it's based on a true story that happened to (laughs) mum and she was in grade eight and it was, I think it was her third day but um, that day in high school and I remember when I was in grade 8 I was like so scared and terrified I didn't know what to expect and so I can only imagine what she was going through but um, she went in the toilets came out and there were six non-Indigenous girls waiting for her because they found out my grandmother was a full-blooded Indigenous woman and so they cornered my mum in the bathroom and they said, and they did some really, really terrible things and then two sister girls walked in saw what was happening and the other girls wouldn't let them leave and so they literally had to fight their way out to I guess wow. get a point across.
1: It was pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah that's full on. Yeah. <laughs> wow, and what does your mum think of the song?
2: Oh, she loves it. When I first showed it to her I wrote it when I was 14 and so when I first showed it to her she was like, oh ah, my god, in tears because it's It was a big point in her life, you know, um, coming from an island. You don't really experience racism around your family. And then going into a boarding school where you literally don't know anyone is, um, yeah, it's pretty daunting.
1: The theme for NADOC Week this year is Because of Her, We Can. Tell me about the strong women in your life who you look up to.
2: Um, I have a lot of, like, mummy role models, like all my aunties, of course. Um, My grandmother, she was a very big influence on my life. Uh, my daughter of course (laughs) Um, my mum especially because she's sacrificed a lot like in order for me to do what I'm doing I wouldn't have been able to do it without my mum and um, if she didn't sacrifice and give up seeing and staying at home on Groot to move to the city and give me and my brother a better life yeah there's a lot of influential women
1: (laughs) yeah sounds like it so what does family mean to you?
2: Family is everything to me, you know, it's my backbone and it's my support and it helps me feel grounded and um, it's just that bubble of love that you can never get enough of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's lovely to hear. There's lots of mums and dads here at Kindling and, and we all know that sometimes it can be a challenge to get things done with kids around. <laughs> and, yeah, how are you, how are you going with your daughter in terms of, like shows or writing music or
2: um well she's pretty kicked back so like I'd just pull out the guitar and sing to her and songwriting and she'd just sit there and listen which is like I'm so grateful for that like because I know some bubbers they just cry cry all the time but um no Kigari's really good in I, the only thing I'm struggling is to sleep, so I'm literally living on two hours of sleep a day, which is great. I love it because <laughs> you know you get a bit um you get a bit energetic in the afternoons and so you just have this rush of energy from nowhere
1: <laughs> yeah it sounds like you you know you're doing great and you've got you've got lots of lovely people around you I to do. support you <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> And just to finish, the the title of your forthcoming album is named after the island where you spent a lot of time as a child. So tell us about the inspiration behind this.
2: Um, so the album name is called Milyakbara and Milyakbara in English means um, Biggerton Island. And Biggerton Island was where I went back and forth on a little dinghy like almost every second day on the holidays with my grandparents And um my grandmother lived on that island and she, her father, my great-great-grandfather established a community and so there's all these family mob just sitting there and it's so special to me because um, that's where our women's dreaming is. So our dreaming for my people is, um, is the mermaid and so... We have a lot of sacred spots where we believe that mermaids have, you know, been, and it's really, yeah, it's really, they really special. are real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. We're <laughs> here all along. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's pretty much um, all about home and and giving the listeners a feel about their home. So, like, so I hope some of the songs on it like takes them back to where they feel like they belong. Like everyone has their own special place. That was Indigenous
0: singer-songwriter Emily Wiramurra. Listen out for more of her music here on Kindling Kids Radio. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website.
2: Just head to kindling.com.au.